This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. You're listening to the Hunt and Land Man podcast. This is Slade Priest, your host, the Hunt and Land Man. Rack buck down here on opening day. If you're interested in rack bucks and real estate and everything that has to do with hunting property, this is the podcast for you. Well, here we go. Episode 41 of the Hunt and Land Man podcast. And yes, I did remember. I didn't have to ask that time because I actually looked it up. Uh, we've already recorded episode 40. That is going to be out um, uh, Friday the third i guess that is uh second whatever that is but anyway um as always the hunt land man podcast is brought to you by southern ag credit they're they're working on stuff for our clients constantly for myself and our clients and our guests he does stuff with them too scott Lindsay, a familiar face and voice on the hunt land man podcast i'd be goofy if i said welcome to the podcast scott because he's Hello, Slade. I've been on the podcast before. It's hard pull, to believe you've done 41 of these. People are still listening. I know. It. Pull that mic a little closer to you. And Scott was on, I think, the second one. Um, second or third. Um, it was a good one if you hadn't listened to it. It's why the right spot costs more. I probably reference that podcast more than any of them to my clients. Uh, just because, um, you know, I think, I think it's very important. This is a very important topic we're talking about today on episode 41. The advantages of using an experienced land agent. I picked Scott because I learned a lot from Scott, um, you know, whenever I'm learning about real estate. still learn a lot from Scott. And I hope he learned some from me sometimes too. Something that I learned a lot from Scott as I did my family is, you know, we buy and sell a lot of properties ourselves. Um, and I say this all the time, the difference between a good agent and a great agent is, I think, a problem fixer. Because, uh, you know, if everything goes well, you stick a sign in the yard, put it on the website, somebody comes and gives you 95% asking price, you close, and there's no problems. It's easy. Everybody wants to do it. Everybody wants to do it. That's easy. And those do happen. Those Sometimes those do happen. But a lot of times stuff comes up, and if you're not working with an experienced agent, they go, for the lack of a better word, oh, crap. 
What now? They, do. they panic. Anytime you get a wrinkle, the, especially an inexperienced buyer, a lot of times they just want to throw in the towel when, when it's just a simple fix or something that we've already seen that we know how to fix. And something I always tell Caleb and Ryan and other agents in our office is if you control the tempo, like, you know, you got to got, it's more emotional for these buyers and sellers than it is you because we do this every day. So whenever you go in, let's say, let's say that we find a little title issue. Okay. Case in point last week, we we're selling a, a 60 plus acre track and we found a title issue on 0.8 acre of one acres. That's not an issue. Wouldn't even, I wouldn't even think twice about it if I was mine. So I called my buyer. I explained it properly as instructed by the attorney. I said, here's the deal. The lines are already there. This is an error, and it will cost more to fix than this 0.8 acres is worth. And he, he understood. I explained it to him well. We moved on with the process. And some people may think, oh, my gosh, I got a title problem. I can't close on this property. When that's – you had a title problem on 0.8 acres. There's so many problems you can have. We got one now with an access issue. The county was a county road in the 40s. It's the access for the owner, her entire life, her parents' entire life. Bridge washed out. County abandoned the road. She still has a prescriptive easement down that road to access. We have the property on the market, but that access is not recognized by the court. So we have the property under contract. The buyer gets ready to borrow money and Bank won't loan money because there's no legal access. It's an easy fix. It takes about 90 days to go to court and get the judge to recognize your prescriptive easement. But those are that's just two examples of things we're dealing with right now. That's, you know, just working with the experience. Scott's been there, done that. I actually know he's had it done on some property he bought before. Yeah. So there's, there's things that... You know, then an experience agent can tell you, like, hey, don't buy this, do buy this because of access issues. Um, just so many things. Uh, a deal I did, actually, I closed on yesterday, and I won't describe too much because I don't want people's business out there. But, and I kind of learned this from Scott. Um, so I had a buyer, I had two clients that had properties that almost connected each other. One buyer is trying to expand his place. So, my other, my other client, he didn't want to sell any of his place, okay? So, rocking a hard place. Well, a track came up that touched my buyer who did not want to sell. And so, what I, and it would make his track better. So, I told him, I said, hey, if my guy will buy your track and you can buy this other track and all you have to do is sign papers, we're going to pay all the closing costs, all the things that could be a hurdle for you, I'm going to fix for you. Survey, everything. He said, yeah, I'm, I'm in for that. That's easy. Well, and, and so we made the process easy. All he had to do was sign papers. He got his track of land. My client got his track of land. Everybody wins. And I really feel like if I had not been, you know, listened to Scott a lot, been around my dad a lot, bought and sold a lot of land myself, I wouldn't have seen how easy that was. It was really easy in my head. And thankfully, I've got these clients where they trusted me enough that they said, okay, Slate, I trust you. This is going to work you know, make it happen and had good bankers, uh, good attorneys and it all, and it all happened. And the experienced agent has those things in his toolbox. You know that. Yeah. There's, there's two types of experience. There's professional experience and, you know, there's a lot of realtors, land realtors out there who have handled a lot of transactions and, and they're, they're good at what they do. And then there's personal experience where, You've actually been in the marketplace and you've done it yourself and you've solved these problems and you've you've bought tracks 
simply to make another deal work, you had to you had to go buy another track and make a trade to to make all the pieces come together. Especially when you have a landowner who is not really motivated about selling. They they understand there there's issues if they sell. They'll they'll create a taxable event if they sell. So you have to really get creative on. You got to let them win. You got to go to the game knowing that they're going to win, but it'll solve all your other problems. And you just have to get creative to make it make it to make it work. And that's where having an agent who has not only the the personal experience in doing it, but also, you know, they have the the professional experience and they have all the tools to get it done. And you mentioned it takes a lot of good people. It takes a good buyer, a good seller, a good banker good surveyor it it takes a lot of good people to make it all work and your your client that you have the fiduciary duty to they just simply have to trust you that you've been in this situation and at the end of the day that you know their assets are going to be taken care of and they're going to come out better than they were before yeah you you you've got to been there and done that and and you know i always say and i'm not trying to ruffle any feathers or maybe i am i don't know but you know if your agent isn't buying and selling um you know, why are they not? Do they not believe in the product they sell? You know, I, you know, me and Scott, we buy and sell a lot. And the first thing I do, if another agent calls me and says, you need to buy this deal, my first question is, why aren't you buying it? And it should be your question too. Um, you know, if I call and tell you that, it's usually because I'm out of money. Exactly. <laughs> and that happens. Uh, but um, so if somebody is putting their own money, their family's money, their name on the line, it means a little more. So uh, something to consider. Um, you know, I kind of went into trades, uh, you know, like how we did that trade and sort of thing. And so if you have an experienced agent, let's take Southwest Mississippi. Well, me and Scott, we know, and other agents in the area, not at our office and other offices, we know most of the big players who maybe have a bunch of land, timber companies, or just people who inherit a bunch of land. So we know that, okay, if we're going to get a deal with them, they got to win. They're not trying to sell a lot of times. So if you go into the conversation knowing they got to win and all you're doing is make it easy for them and not getting greedy as an agent and saying, look, I'll make my money. Like, for instance, on that trade I did the other day, I didn't make money on one of the deals because I work with these clients all the time. I'll make my money over here. And then next time you call that client, he trusts you because he knows you're going to do a good job for him. We we wrote an offer yesterday, a substantial offer, but – probably about the fourth or fifth transaction we've done with this guy, and we've only accepted commission on the first one. The rest of them were so small, just picking up corners here and there. And those are just things you have to do, you know, in, in any business you have to do. Right, right. Well, um, when we talked about a lot of stuff I had on my list. Uh, uh, tell me, and so, Scott, I want you to touch on this. So, a lot of times, like, let's get a deal. Okay, let's say we've got 100 acres we're selling. And the buyer and seller are this close. You know, they're this close. And let's say this 100 acres has a lot of timber. And this is a Scott Lindsay move. I've heard other people say that, like, well, if the timber doesn't matter to you, let's cut a little bit of timber. Let's pre-sell a little bit of timber. Go, go into that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we've had we've pre-sold timber before to make the deal work. We've Banks have gotten really creative in allowing um, pre-selling timber at closing, shortly after closing, accepting a check. Sometimes they even use it as a down payment, when, especially when you got substantial timber value. So... That's another thing about our agents. We have four or five agents who are actually graduate foresters from different forestry schools. Um, And then we have some foresters in our toolbox that we work with very closely just when we don't want to have, you know, so many 
office personnel involved in, in the, you know, the timber harvest, the cruise data, stuff like that. So timber is a component. You know, people say, well, I love the timber. The timber value doesn't matter to me. I'm not going to cut it. You still have to pay for it. And, you know, never say never. There could be a day when, you know, you're down to your last dollar and, and you got a substantial timber value and you're going to have to go cut that timber. So if you got a buyer and a seller who are very close and, you know, they want habitat, especially for habitat enhancement, um, they're going to cut it anyway. So let the seller go, go cut, you know, whatever makes the deal work. And, and you be involved in it with your forester and let it look, let the aesthetics of it look like you want it to look when they finished, which creates two things. It creates the habitat you were looking for, creates the campsite, maybe the pond site, and it gets your purchase price to where you feel more comfortable. And a lot of times, you know, for what Scott and I sell, a lot of times this is a, uh, this is something that people have worked their whole life for and it's they're trying to buy. A lot of times it's the largest investment that they'll make as a, as a family or as an individual. It's more than their house, their, their cars. It's, it's the, and that's why they're so involved in it and it's, and it's so emotional to them. So sometimes you have to go in and an experienced agent doesn't need to be an order taker. Okay, what I mean by that is, you know, of course, we work for our clients, but also we're the trusted advisor and tell the clients we save them from their self sometimes. Sometimes they may say something or do something like, whoa, whoa, whoa no, no, you, you can't do that. You know, you can't give that access or you can't give your timber away like that. Or, uh, or maybe there's an issue with a title or something and we can address it because we've been there and done that. So an experienced agent... You know, if you got a guy, a yes man, that just says yes to everything, yes to the price you want to list your property at, yes to what you want to offer and stuff like that, and doesn't have any insight of why this is a good idea or why it's a bad idea. I've seen Scott do this, and I've done it too. A lot of times I'll get on my calculator when a guy's telling me about his place, and I'll put numbers in there, and I'll put my phone down. I said, all right, I want you to tell me the numbers you came up with what you're looking for. And he'll say, okay, uh, I think my place is worth $2 million. And I'll pick up my phone, and I'll have you know $2,050,000. I said, okay, we're thinking the same thing. Or if he and said, that's I, when it's easy. When they say three million, that's when it's yeah, hard. Yeah. And then you have to have an experience to justify, hey, why is your land not worth three million? And a lot of times a good agent, and I've done it plenty of times, Scott's done it plenty of times. If a guy's being realistic, I'll let somebody else go waste their time. If they're being unrealistic. If they're yeah. being un unrealistic, I'll let somebody else go waste their time. And that bit well, us in the bud a little bit during COVID because prices came up so well, much. Well, what happens is you get what we call market rust. You put it out there, and the other agents see it, and they continue to see it, and they see it for 90 days, and then they see it for six months or a year. And and then it just gets it gets stale on the market because um, – you know, the other people who look at it, even the clients who look at it, they're just, they've seen it for so long, they either think, well, this is overpriced or he's not negotiable. And a lot of times hadn't even had an offer on something that's unrealistic. And then you'll see a dramatic price drop and people will smell blood in the water. Well, then they get a low ball offer and, and it just gets confusing. If you come out of the gate realistic, you know, on the high side of realistic, then that's when we're all, that's when, that's when we, you know, we can do our job and we can market it correctly. We don't mind spending the dollars on it. We don't mind making the drive over and over to, to show it. We're, we're looking for one buyer, but when you're unrealistic, you know, we, we, it just gets tough. So speaking of a experienced agent, something, something we hadn't touched on that's very important is um, if you've got an experienced agent, usually they know what they're worth, good or bad. So if a guy comes out there, let's just take a listing, for instance, and um, he goes out there and he says, all right, Slade, I'll, I'll list your property at 5%. Wow, he didn't negotiate very good for himself. And I'll, I'll say it on the podcast. You know, we 
we are more expensive than everybody else. And I won't get into the exact numbers because we can't do that. There's some. No, it, 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 we, we're, we do. We charge more, but, you know, it still fluctuates. Right. It fluctuates, and we do charge more. So let's say we do charge more. And they say, man, I don't want to pay more or whatever. Okay, let's say I'm 1% higher than Joe Blow over here. And you know that we do a better, better job. If you don't think that Scott or I or another agent that, that works with us is worth that extra 1%, uh, for me, for instance, I control 67% of both sides. Like, I sell both sides. So I literally help the people write the numbers on the paper for the offer for you. I can get my, I can pay for myself that extra 1%. And there's a strategy that goes behind where it's just not, oh, this track's worth 3500 an acre. No, we're going to take on what it appraised for, what negotiation we think we're, you know, what percentage of the listing price we think, all these things. And if we get do to get down to it, you know, maybe we can put some stuff in the contract about who pays for what as far as closing cost. Or we've even gone into, okay, you can, um, you know, we'll do that price, but you've got to get the food plots planted this year. All this kind of stuff, an experienced agent has been there, done that, and they're worth their waiting gold. The cheapest guy is not always the best guy. And look, it took me a while working over here to realize what that means. But sincerely, if the guy's the cheapest – Watch yourself. Yeah, there, there. You can get a real estate license. You got to be eighteen years old to get a real estate license. And and look, we have an eighteen year old kid here with a license. He's he's cutting his teeth. He's going to be great, but he doesn't have the experience to go out there and and do it. So you got with with real estate, you get a real estate license, you get a broker's license, you can get a college education. But without that experience and without going out there and and being there. That's worth something. And then when you throw in the forestry background that most of the guys in our office have, the timberland, the wildlife background, you're not just hiring a, a person, a guy, an agent who passed the real estate exam. That's not, what you're, that's not what you're hiring when you hire one of our land aid specialists. You're hiring someone who specializes in what you need. They specializes in finding you a property are selling you a property, and they've dedicated their professional career, they've put their name on the line to, to, to be productive for you and to find you exactly what you're looking for or to sit, find a buyer for your property. And that's just, we feel like that's worth more. And, and not only, you know, he said uh, timber and wildlife background, you know, I believe that if you're going to buy a recreational piece of recreational ground, you need, and, and, and let's say, your 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 goal is look you want to you know you want to grow the biggest deer possible and you want to be in a river county and all that kind of stuff well you better know that your agent knows what you're looking for not just i've been deer hunting before and i put a me a picture of a deer on a business card um I, we've got i'm looking at one of them pulling out of the office right now we've got and brent Barron. we've got some agents here at the office we live and breathe this stuff i mean brent was a competitive archery shooter i can still out shooting but <laughs> he can't defend himself but anyway uh big you know we've got camera scott and i were looking at pictures of velvet bucks already and it's june like we live and breathe this stuff and an experienced agent also needs to be experienced like for instance if you want to camp in grand isle where you can have the closest boat launch and catch the most trout i'm not your guy they probably have some agents that know exactly where you need to be if you you know if you're trying to buy a uh I track a ground out in Kansas. I know a lot about Kansas, yeah. but guess what? There's people that know a whole lot more than me about Kansas. So figure out if a guy knows his area, knows the game you're hunting, knows your goals, 
and, and takes those goals into consideration. Because the experience agent, he needs to tell you this property or this area fits your goals. Um, you know, if you show up and you get out the buggy and you say, look, I just want to. I just want a place where me and my family can come kill a couple deer a year. I don't have to kill a 180-inch deer. I don't have to kill a big giant deer. I just want a couple deer a year. Well, you maybe don't need to be in a county that it costs more to be in from a deer hunting standpoint. Maybe you need to be east of Highway 55. Uh, you know, maybe you need to be in more of a Pike, Walthall area versus a Wilkinson Adams that costs more because the deer hunting's better. And an experienced agent know these things. And we're also, you know, we're, we're, we've expanded, and, you know, we used to be, you didn't want to drive 30 miles to do anything. Everybody just, we just were local real estate agent. But now, you know, we're we're covering four, possibly five states. Um, I'm about to be licensed in another state and I'm going to Missouri to show a guy from California some duck land. So I don't think a lot of people realize the reach that we have. You don't have to call us if you're just looking here in South Mississippi. And that's because our knowledge you know, it, it covers the south. It's the same deer. It's the same ducks. It's the same turkeys. What are we looking for? The attributes of the property the same. You know, we learned the market there. Um, you Al- sold a big one in Alabama last week? in Alabama last week. Beautiful track on the Tom Bigby River. Um, it was what, three, four hundred acres? Twenty four hundred. <laughs> it was a really good track. And um, so Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Arkansas, uh, Southern Missouri, we, we can take care of what you're looking for anywhere. And there's so many other things about the experience we haven't even gotten in, gotten got we haven't even got into the the other things that we're we have so much experience in. Um, Ten thirty one exchanges. Oh yeah, that's huge. Just an absolutely awesome vessel for for buying and especially for upgrading. And even with the 30 years experience that I have here, I did my very first uh, reverse 1031 build to suit. Now, I've done a reverse 1031, but I've not done a build to suit. We did a build to suit, which a lot of people are unfamiliar with. Um, Guy sold a property. He bought a new property. And because of the guidelines of the build to suit, he was able to Engage a contractor, build him a new camp on his new property with the funds from the old property and avoid his capital gains or defer them to the new property. So there's one one thing there. We've done a lot of, of we've already talked about trades. Um, government programs. Government programs. And another one that, that I've been using for years is self-deferred IRA purchases. They're, you know, they're, they're a little stickier. Um, when you really get into looking at them, but if you're if you're buying and selling, or if you're over fifty nine and a half, the the rules get really lax. So if you're looking at an, a property, you know later in life for your your family, your grandkids, that's a huge program that not a lot of people take advantage of. All things that an experienced agent should talk to you about the ten thirty one. I can't believe we did. an experienced agent would have wrote that on his path. Yeah, we would have. That's just you 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 do. And look, we're not accountants, and we're not giving you tax advice. We will we will tell you on day one. Go ask your accountant how to handle this exchange. But it's an awesome vehicle to uh, to be involved in if you're investing in property. And if you're buying or selling, what this what this? Let me sh- tell you what this allowed me to do. I um, you know, I bought my property with some different properties I had bought over the years. I bought my property where my house is. I actually bought from Scott. 
Uh, so I did that with 1031. Also, and that's uh, a perfect example. Right. That your replacement property, your intent is to, to right. keep it, to stay there. So you, you, you managed to do that investing like-kind investment to a like-kind investment to the potentially where you'll be for your life. I was with a client yesterday, sold a condo in Orange Beach, bought a piece of timberland. You probably know which one I'm talking about, about 15 years ago. Anyway, um, the um, but, you know, 1031s are huge. Okay, let's say I have, an, I have a client right now, $2 million property we're getting ready to sell, and she does not know a whole lot about this. She's this is a family property. Her husband has passed away. And she said, okay, I'm good with the prices. First thing I said, well, you know, you're going to have a huge tax hit on this. Have you talked to your accountant about it? Well, she didn't know much. You know what she told me to do? Here's my accountant's number. You call and talk to him. Because if I have to 1031 some money to save her in taxes, we can do that. And an experienced agent, those are the questions. Not when you get a contract, oh, my gosh, they don't have to pay $400,000 in taxes. Let's handle this on the front end and be a professional about it. No different than you would ask if you go to the doctor and he said you got to have brain surgery. If you got an experienced agent, you need to trust them the same way, and I truly believe that. That's exactly right. And with the 1031s, some of you have looked the rules up. Some of you are going to look them up after this podcast, and you're going to see, well, 45, i got 45 days to do this. Well, you do have 45 days to identify some properties, but you have 180 to close. And there are so many ways, if you're, if you're thinking about selling and doing an exchange, we can delay your closing. We can get you a longer closing. We can we can write a contingency that you need to find a replacement property. So there are so many ways not to be married to those days as far as timing is concerned. That kind of stuff is worth its weight in gold. It, it really, really is. And if you if you just hire your 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 brother's uh, your brother's daughter because she just got a real estate license or whoever you know your your cousin who's got his real estate license that sells lots in town. They may not know all these things, and it may cost you bunches of money. Another thing that comes up from time to time is mineral rights, and I hate to even open that door because we could go down it forever. But you're in Mississippi, you know, mineral rights can be severed for life, and 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 most of the property, probably eighty percent of the property we sell, is in Mississippi, and probably ninety plus percent of it has no minerals attached. So sometimes buyers, especially buyers from Louisiana, who aren't familiar with that, because in Louisiana they revert after ten years of no activity. That throws up a red flag about, well, I'm going to have an oil well in my front yard. Well, that's that's not the case. Um, on most all of my properties I own, I have zero mineral rights. I have very little on a few properties. And then there are properties that other people own where I do have some minerals. So there are guidelines that separate the surface rights and the mineral rights. And the mineral right owners have to, it's basically an encumbrance, it's an easement to, to come, it's called a profit, a profit easement. They can come on your property to get profit, and that's what it is. But you do get compensated, and you do get to negotiate your surface rights, and you can work out some lucrative deals for use of your surface. <clears throat> I have an oil on my property where I have zero mineral rights. I get a, I get compensated monthly for their use. So those are the things where, you know, we've bought property without minerals. We can tell you, hey, don't don't panic. This is this is what this means. And, and I always tell people this, if you're worried about the, an oil company coming in and putting an oil well in your front yard, then I want you to ride around the south and I want you to count oil wells in people's front yard. And then I want you to come back and tell me how many you see. Because that's just not what they're doing, especially with the advancements in drilling. And they're using, they're, you know, 
you know, they, they have rules about how far they can put the oil wells away from homes and things like that. And also, I've seen where property owners threw a fit, and guess what they did? They went to the adjoining property and put the oil well. And the adjoining landowner got a check, and guess what your guy got? Nothing. And during, uh, so for instance, talking about compensation, and this was just back when we had fracking in this area, the common practice in fracking those years was $8,000 per area they used. So if they used five acres of your property, they uh, they gave you $40,000. That's an upfront payment, and then they'll lease it from you, you know, for a year. Thankfully here, as I've been getting licensed in different states and looking at different laws, there I'm so thankful to be in South Mississippi where we do not have water rights. Oh, yeah, that can be a huge it issue. It is. Whoa. That's a. That's something. Yeah, we, we got too much water. We got too much water here, and they worried about everywhere else not having enough, especially Texas out west. You know, uh, it's just crazy. You know, people, those different laws are crazy about, okay, this guy down the road owns the rights to your water and your land, and you think that's crazy, but it's very uh, much more get, common than I you just, think. I've been studying for one exam, and you get into natural rights and artificial rights, and so they're, they're separating – and the landowners upstream have a advantage over natural rights, but everyone has the same right to artificial rights. So it gets really. Hmm. Uh, I'm glad we don't have. Yeah. Well, um, we're getting to the end of this thing, Scott. I forgot to ask you in the front end. What I want you to give me a definition. We're in June, the first day of June of 2023. We got high interest rates. We have higher than higher normal than the last couple of year interest rates. What is my parents' first house was nineteen percent. Heck, and they ain't even half of that right now. <laughs> By the day, um, so what is your? What do you think the market is right now? I Tell me where you think we are. Is I think the market is still smoking. I think there's still the, the recreational environment that's been created in, in our area in South Mississippi, and the excitement over the the new mill, new timber sawmill in Gloucester, the the upgrades to the Liberty Sawmill. I think these these southern counties from uh, really from Vicksburg to I fifty five. I think that market that we where we really thrive in. I think it's really hot. Um, anything that gets listed, obviously listed competitively, um, just just still seems like it just flies off the shelf. It gets a lot of activity. The residential market um, it's always going to be strong right here where where we are. I don't think it's. <laughs> slacked off any because there's not a lot of inventory i hear uh scott and, and danielle and tara and stewart talking about i just need something or the house was only listed today or let me know that tara uh kelly parker had a client flying in to look at a listing and it sold mid-flight it sold before they landed and um so it's it's still still good banks are aggressive and they're getting creative and so an aggressively creative bank would, can make things happen. Yeah, I, I, I think that the market is changing. I think we're coming back to a more of a normal. Um, ask me this question in October, and I'll have a better answer. Because right now, if there is a slow time in the recreation market, if there is, it's right now. Right now. People are vacationing, kids getting out of school, golfing, fishing. A lot of our clients I fish. Said, I always said all-stars. Mm-hmm. June, July, August. Baseball, softball. Vacations, yeah. Vacations. It's just summer sports. People aren't 
you know, if, if they do own property in an area, they're just not there this time of the year. They feed up feeders if they're doing that, you know, once a month, and they're just not active in the market right now. They're, they're, they're doing their, 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 their home time. Right. I think that, uh, you know, if there, like I said, if there is a slow time, it's right now. So it's, we don't have a good definition. But, I mean, like you heard Scott, he sold a 2,000-acre place last week. I contracted a, a big, really big track in Wilkeson County that – last week also so we got a lot of good stuff going on we got a new listing we're putting up today the market's hot if i had a tip for right now uh buying during the summer if it does slow down right now because of summertime you may have an advantage because you may not be competing with other buyers like you will in october november so if you are sitting out there thinking about buying Maybe is you could save a little money by buying now because the market, you know, people are fishing. Why everybody else was fishing, you mean buying and looking for the deals. You got any tips for buying in June and July? No, just get out there and like you've always said, if you see it and you like it, you better not wait because somebody else is going to like it too. You, I, you. I had 61 acres in Missouri that I made an offer on last week and I've been, I couldn't decide what I want to do and it's, I got to, somebody else bought it. So. Yeah, you can't, you can't sit back. And you really, for the last four or five years, you can't sit back. If you see something that you're looking for, then you have to. You got to move. Well, Jack is hungry, and it is lunchtime, so we are about to go eat. Scott, thank you for being on here. Hey, look, if you're looking for a real estate agent, experience matters. Not that a young agent can't do a great job for you, but you know, an exp- if you're u- if you're using your hard on money to buy the most expensive asset you're ever going to buy, the person looking with you and guiding you better know what they're doing and that's why an experienced agent matters thank you y'all have a blessed day if you'll hit that blue button hunter we'll get out of here hey thank you for listening to the hunting land man podcast if you will take a moment give us a five-star written view guys this really helps us out and if you know anybody you think will be interested in this podcast please share it with them